you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. happy new year everybody it is wonderful to be back with you it feels like forever and indeed it has been a very long time two or three months and i have missed you guys i have missed some parts of the normal work-life balance, getting back into getting things crossed off the to-do list while also, you know, being a mom. But as many of you know, the reason I took such a long hiatus is that I had a new baby. So September 27th, we welcomed Mira Helmuth to our family, and it's been amazing. I've longed for a third child for many years. I've had ups and downs with a pregnancy journey, as many of you know from listening over the years, and getting surprise pregnant at 44 with this little baby was um, something that was not in the cards, was not planned for me in terms of uh, what I thought 2023 would bring. But I found out in January last year that she was coming, and it was tough at first because I am a planner and I was like, whoa, this changes my whole trajectory for my entire year. And then it got really exciting. And then it became this opportunity to be a mom for, I felt like the second time around. And if you're counting, I have three kids, but my two kids were very close together. I have an 11 year old and a 12 year old, and they were 20 months apart. And then little Mira came along uh, this year and that's been a big gap. And I never thought I would get the opportunity to do this again. At least I'd let that wish go. And so now that I get to do it again, I really wanted to do things differently. When I had a baby a decade ago, over a decade ago, uh, my husband and I were broke. We were struggling to get by. I was the um only one who worked at my interior design firm. And as an entrepreneur, if you're not working as a solopreneur, if you're not working, then you're not making money. 
So after my first baby, I had to get right back to making money. After my second baby, I already had a nanny. So I needed to just make the most use out of the nanny and also get right back to work again. So while I felt like I could be engaged in parenting in a lot of ways, I felt like there were also a lot of things that I missed. And this time around, I'm older. I know definitively this is my last child. And I want to do things really differently. You know, a decade later, I'm a different person. So while I was so inspired by work at the beginning of 2023 and had such a strong trajectory of where I wanted everything to go, I will say the minute I found out I was pregnant, my course just shifted and my priorities just shifted. And I've wanted to let this baby change me a little bit. So my design firm has been a little bit on autopilot while I've been taking a three-month maternity leave. This podcast has been a little bit on autopilot as you've been listening to best of episodes. And I'm excited to get back to everything, but on my own schedule, on Mira's schedule, because I'm recording now while she's napping. I can't imagine dropping her off at daycare or leaving her with a nanny like I had to do with my other ones because now I don't have to do that. And I do know that this is the last time, a special little gift. And um, I'm able to parent differently because I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser. And it's also affording me the opportunity to spend more time with my kids. I am at home a lot with this baby, and so I'm home when my older ones get off the bus. I'm guiding them through homework. I'm helping them figure out after-school activities in a much more present, less rushed way. How can I do both? How can I have both? But the thing that I'm taking away from this that maybe will be helpful for you is... um. Allow your journey, whatever your dream was, whatever you were building on, to shift with your curiosity, to shift with your current interests, to shift with your heart's desire. My heart really cannot imagine letting go of her, not spending 24-7 with her. She sleeps in my bed, just not eat, breathe, whatever, Mijo. I call her Mijo. Because her middle name's Josephine, so Mijo, M-I-J-O. Uh, I just have to be with her all the time. And my husband's like, well, what are we going to do in six months? What are we going to do in a year? Have you signed her up for preschool? And the answer is no. I don't want to think ahead, which is quite rare for me. But, you know, if you've been struggling with you know, a whole list of what I should do versus what your heart is calling you to do, let 2023 be a year of following that curiosity, following those tugs from your heart that say, go this way. Even if it doesn't align with what you were thinking or your plans or your dreams, because the other day over holiday break, uh, I was playing a game with my family. It was, uh, how well do you know your family? Or do you know your family? That was the name of the game. I'll play any game, so I don't really pay attention to exactly what it is. But anyway, uh, we were playing this game and I got this card and the card was, what is your dream? And the kids and my spouse were supposed to guess what my dream was. And for so long, since I was 25, my dream has been, one of my dreams, of course, has been to host an interior design show because I grew up and grew up meaning formative years of high school and college, watching interior design shows, watching trading spaces, watching while you were out. And so that's just sort of been what my goal has been 
right? And so I created a design firm that kind of works in a TV style way. And when I had TV opportunities, whether it was the Today Show, whether it was commercials, whether it was other different types of shows, and then ultimately, I was a design assistant for a famous designer from Trading Spaces. And you know, that happened to me when I was 27. So not long after I'd established this dream, right? And when I was on set working with this dream designer who I'd watched on TV for years, watching, you know, and helping to make this production, I realized TV design is not what I thought it was. You know, we were putting books, these clients' books back on the bookshelves while they were still wet with paint. We were picking out things for the clients that they would never choose for themselves, you know, a huge green sectional in the living room. And we didn't even ask them if they liked green. We just wanted something that would pop on camera. All these different things that were creating a great successful show, but maybe weren't leaving our clients with a life that was changed for the better. Maybe it was actually leaving them with problems and making their home less comfortable. So, you know, early on, I realized that sometimes your dream isn't exactly the right fit. And when you get close to your dream, you can see, you know, that was kind of it, but not really. And do we allow ourselves to let our dreams evolve? We evolve. I am a different person than I was 20 years ago when I set out that intention, but my dream hasn't really evolved or my conscious dream right? So I think whether you went to college 20 years ago and have stayed in that career path that's maybe no longer fitting, or a different kind of dream that you set for yourself, that maybe if you were to start afresh today, if I were to ask you today, what is your dream? Is that other goal really it? Has even the interior design TV show industry changed so much that now there aren't really shows like Trading Spaces on TV. They tried to do a reboot and it didn't even work because people weren't interested in that kind of content right now. So ask yourself and allow yourself to let your dreams evolve. And as I mentioned, the way I'm going to do that is by just spending as much time with this baby as possible and working in my work during her naps and trying to find a balance, trying to create a rhythm that can work for us both. While I also sit down and journal or walk and meditate and think about what is my new dream? Because sharing with my family that old dream of hosting an interior design TV show, while I will feel like I crossed something off my life's to-do list, I'm not sure it would be fulfilling. I don't know. And I want to revisit that. So I hope you're spending 2024 revisiting your dreams and allowing yourself to evolve. All right. All right. So a little self-help, a little interior design. We're mixing it all up on today's show, but The main takeaway for me is that I'm glad to be back in the capacity that I want to be back. And it feels so good to be talking to you guys again today. Feels so good to be opening the mailbag and seeing fresh questions. Keep them coming. Send those questions to, well, you go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. And then you click a button and there's a form and you send in your question. So keep it coming. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. 
Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right. What I want to talk about for the next few episodes is interior design trends for 2024. Because first of all, everybody loves a trend, uh, great clickbait, everybody's interested, but also it's fun to think about what's fresh. And I wonder what's inspiring this and what's inspiring that. Now, I will share with you personally that I don't design with trends in mind because I think that people's homes, the design that they create, they should be able to set and forget for a certain amount of time. I'm not one of those designers who constantly loves to be tweaking, constantly loves to be changing things, unless something needs to be changed for functionality, unless it's worn out, or unless it's just a fun accessory that I want to splurge on, right? Like new pillows, new bookends, a tray. Those are things I enjoy doing. But the fundamental space, the drapes, the rug, the furniture, I really like to just keep stagnant if it's working. For five to 10 years, I consider it an investment that will pay off in my family's happiness. And so I don't flip a lot of things based on these lists. But if you're designing now, if you're out shopping now, then you might want to think about these trends and sort of what you will find in the stores through that lens. Or you may even want to think about it as something to avoid because you don't want your home to feel super trendy in five to 10 years. And these things will be out. Now, certainly everything old is new again, which we'll even hear on this trend list. So everything can be cyclical, but we do want to be thinking about not just being totally a slave to the trends, surrendering to these trends, because we can easily walk in a space now and see, oh, that's so Studio McGee, which is out, right? Oh, that's so farmhouse chic, which is out. Oh, that's so industrial, totally out. Uh, So, you know, be mindful when you're shopping that you're not going too trendy with those big items, be it wall paint, rugs, drapes, certainly wallpaper. All right, let's dig in. Trends. The first one is a trend that I have been working on ever since we moved into this house, which is mixing historical eras. So you can think of historical eras as, you know, time periods, right? Another way to reference these historical eras could be styles, because we have a style name for each sort of time frame, if you think back to the sort of timeline of design. But you're saying, Betsy, how am I going to do that when the two-word phrase only allows for one style word and one feeling word? 
Well, I'm going to remind you of what I'm doing in my house and tell you how it aligns with this trend. So I'm mixing historical eras. My home is from the early 1900s and it has a lot of carving and an ornate detailing that definitely screams a certain era. But I don't want to decorate with exclusively antiques or ornately carved pieces. But if I just totally ignored that, I felt like it wouldn't feel cohesive with the style of the home because the home has such strong character. The style that I gravitate towards is mid-century modern. And, you know, that harkens back to that era between like the late 40s to early 70s. And that's where my passion lies. Um, So how can I fuse those? And how can I fuse those in a way that stays true to our two-word phrase method? So I'm basically working with mid-century modern and a lot of antique pieces, all right? And when I'm out shopping, I'm thinking of mid-century modern not only in its style with its clean lines, organic shapes, but also in the feeling that it should evoke, that it's slightly more casual, not stuffy, not pretentious, that it's family-friendly in so many ways and entertaining-friendly. But... If we think about the flip side of antiques, well, that's stuffy, that's ornate, that's expensive, don't touch that, precious, you know, um, gilded, fancy. So how can I fuse these two so that they work for my lifestyle, which is, you know, kids, playdates, dinner parties, pets, all of that. So what I did is I made my two-word phrase, the style word, mid-century modern, and the feeling word, fancy. I want it to feel a little bit fancy. I want it to feel a little bit elevated. Sometimes mid-century modern alone is too informal for this house. So when I'm shopping for antiques, whether it's at a garage sale or whether it's an online auction, I'm thinking to myself, is this something that's pretty durable? Is this something that looks of a different period, but could withstand today's lifestyle. And then with the mid-century modern, I'm asking myself, you know, is there a little flourish? Is there something that makes this slightly more um, ornate or decorated than a typical mid-century piece, which is typically quite simple? So when you're shopping, that's a way that you can do this as well. Let's go to the next trend. The next trend is terracotta tile. Now, terracotta tile, I think, is timeless. You know, you see it in Spanish Revival homes. You see it in the south of France. You see it in all sorts of applications where it doesn't necessarily feel old. Of course, it can feel old. It can feel rustic. But they do make terracotta tiles that don't look worn or that don't have that kind of um, old world feel. The key for me is that I would not introduce terracotta tiles into an architecture where it doesn't quite fit. So if I had a very modern home with glass and all of that, I'm not sure something that feels so hand-hewn like a terracotta tile would fit in unless I made it fit in with like a two-word phrase that was quite interesting. And again, when we're making an architectural change with tile or something like that, certainly with terracotta tile, We want to be thinking about resale value. So I wouldn't just add terracotta tile to a space that it didn't feel like it intrinsically belongs unless I knew that I was going to be there for a good long time so that I could just, 
give in to my whims. I would use terracotta tile only in a space that felt like it went with it organically, historically, right? Now they're saying mixed eras, and I think that's great with furniture pillows, but when you're doing something architectural, it may decrease the real estate value for somebody to walk in your super contemporary home and see terracotta tiles on the floor where there's this dissonance, where it doesn't seem to make sense, even if you made it make sense with your aesthetic. So be thinking about that. But my last home had terracotta tiles. It was um, a colonial, but it had a slate roof. It had these other touches throughout that made the terracotta make sense. And then since I purchased it that way, I had to keep doubling down on the colors found on the paint and the terracotta tiles and things like that. So I almost had to do things to make these tiles work rather than it feeling at home in a colonial. And it seemed to all work out, but it wouldn't have been a choice I would have made. And it might have dissuaded some buyers in my previous home. Another thing that is all the rage, which I've been seeing for quite a while, is boucle. Now, boucle is like a super nubby fabric. It's got these kinds of pulls and almost like it's made from alpaca yarn or something like that because it's quite nubby, but it's also a little bit hairy and fuzzy. I really love it. It's soft. It camouflages stains. It's textural. It is hard to clean. I will point that out because I got two chairs from Tov, T-O-V Furniture. If you don't know that site, check it out. Don't purchase any sofas there, but I do love their armchairs. So I got these two gray boucle armchairs for my gaming table, and um, I loved them. They're fabulous. And then last year in 2023, I got a cat. Now, my whole family loves this cat. This cat is amazing. We got her... I call her her, but it's a boy. Uh, it's a boy. Uh, and we got him on the streets of the Bronx, a rescue. And he's just the most loving, amazing cat. This boucle is his dream. He was just wandering the Bronx, dreaming of boucle because it looks like a huge cat tree. And he just destroys it. And those threads that were sticking out, the alpaca-like texture, now these chairs just look like they need grooming. I'm going to have to take a scissor to them and just give them a good haircut. And I don't think you'll be able to tell after I do that he's been scratching them, but he's not going to stop scratching them because of their innate texture. So I have found boucle to be a complete nightmare. You'll find a lot of it right now at Top Furniture, Crate and Barrel, CB2. I'm seeing a lot of this texture and I just want to warn you that it is a cat's dream and it will be destroyed. Uh, so there we go. Well, there's a little preview of things to come. There's a little update about my life. Stay tuned to episodes that are fresh, hot off the airwaves in the following weeks, where I'll be sharing more trends and I'll be telling you more about what I've been up to while I've been away. It's been so great being back with you. If you have questions you want to ask me, please head over to affordableinteriordesign.com. There you'll see a button, submit to the podcast, submit your questions, show me your pictures, tell me what you're working on, and I will weigh in with my thoughts. Guys, thanks for having me back and happy new year. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, 
you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.